This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's thrilled to visit today with Molly Gamble. Molly's the Vice President of Editorial Affairs at Becker's Healthcare, a brilliant person, brilliant leader. Molly, tell us what trends or stories you're watching as we start into 2024. What's top of mind, the top stories that you're watching? Yeah, thank you so much, Scott. I have one trend, and I, I don't know, I'm a little cautious about placing predictions, despite what my last name might suggest, but I have an idea. And Scott, I would love your thoughts on this too, because I think it might be a big shift we start to see unfold this year in which we hear and see more and more from employers on healthcare. So I think this could play out a few different ways. I was hoping to kind of run through some observations um, and possibly potential expectations heading into the year, and then also see what you think and what you want to add to it. Oh, fantastic. No, we'd love to visit on that and see what you're hearing from an employer perspective. It's still healthcare is incredibly expensive. Employers trying to figure it out. Tell us what you're seeing and what you're thinking about. Well, I, one form I, I think that we might see more of this coming year is the direct employer contracting. So where health systems or physician groups strike agreements directly with self-insured employers, bypassing traditional health insurance. Right before the holiday rush, this story might've gotten buried for folks uh, as they were wrapping up to head on a break or head out of town. But right before the holidays, a direct to employer company in Dallas called Employer Direct Healthcare announced that it received a $92 million investment from Insight Partners. This deal puts valuation for EDH at $1 billion. That's up from its previous valuation of 300 mil. This company, it's 12 years old. it works with more than 1,000 employers for direct contracts with thousands of surgeons and doctors and then more more than 500 facilities for surgeries, oncology care, other services. And in doing so, it cuts out the traditional insurance networks for better prices. Um, this company, Scott, it says it reduces the overall healthcare costs for its clients by about 2% each, uh, its most recent year. So um, that that was one thing I wanted to put on the radar for listeners in case they missed it. Um, I think if we were to see more of those direct contracts be struck, it could also ignite some greater scrutiny of the care quality and outcomes that employees receive. Um, Employers, when they develop these direct contracts, they're really selective in vetting who exactly they will pay to care for their workers. Walmart has really been a leader here. When it assesses whether a health system is up to snuff to be one of its centers of excellence, it starts by gathering just massive amounts of publicly available data on health systems. It gets out requests for information. It goes to the sites and conducts on-site visits. And then it also goes back and tells the health system Walmart does precisely which doctors will and won't participate in its program. So it essentially handpicks the best doctors, not only the best hospitals in the country um, that it wants to care for its employees. Um, So Scott, I'll I'll pause there and and give you an opportunity to to react or weigh in. And there's just one other trend I was going to point to if things go in this direction. No, tell me the other trend that you're following as well, because there's been so much discussion over the years and employees, employers doing direct health care with, with 
systems and providers, but it seems like at the end of the day, it's been limited and, and not as big an impact as I think some people wanted it to be, but it seems like maybe there's a little bit of a shift there. What's the other trend that you're watching as well? Yeah, I was going to say, if this does occur, and there's some some forecasts that point to the, just the rising expenses for employers when it comes to healthcare. But if this were to occur, where we start to see more of these direct contracting models emerge, like you said, there's been some employers, Boeing, Lowe's, Walmart, they've done this for a long time ago, and then there hasn't been a ton of activity here. But if we see more of it, what could happen is we'll really begin to see and feel some intensified pressure on what it means to be an excellent doctor. Um, this is kind of an element of the conversation about healthcare that I, I feel we've lost sight of since the beginning of the pandemic as access has become so much more problematic for institutions and patients. The collective concerns and conversations we're having are kind of all about getting in, securing an appointment, being seen in a timely fashion. There doesn't seem to be as much collective attention paid or distinction between good and great doctors. Um, that scarcity of access maybe can push our concerns about their professional backgrounds, their qualifications, training. You know, are they up? To, do they have expertise with the newest technology and advancements? A lot of that can go on the back burner. So, if this were to occur, where employers are striking more direct agreements with health systems, they would have the leverage and they would have the ways to drive pressure on physician excellence that we individual patients cannot. You know, we can do our research. We we have limited data available to us. We can ask around our networks, people we trust. Employers, on the other hand, as Walmart has shown us, can really scour data, cherry pick the doctors they want from the same hospital who they see is good enough for their workforce. And then I think it could raise some interesting questions for leaders. You know, if your ratio of the doctors selected for a network like that compared to the doctors unselected, that they don't want to care for their workers, um, if that's a weak ratio, that can leave you with some, some big issues and, and questions at hand. So, Scott, that was just one other downstream effect that we could see. If this all plays out, I should caveat it. It's all it's all just an idea I'm, I have that I, I think it seems like it would make sense, but, you know, we've yet to see how things unfold. Thank you. No, it's it's certainly a fascinating issue, and it, it just seems so hard. It, it seems so much the greatness and excellence in anything one does is so driven by that team, that person, that physician. I don't know how much of it's driven by external pressures or not, but it also, to your point on access, there is such a shortage of doctors that in so many places, people are just so lucky to get to the doctor or, or get to the care team that it, it's... It, that you're, you're absolutely right. It becomes only secondary to think about, is this doctor great or not? Is he or she great or not? It's more like, oh my God, I'm so happy to get into the neurologist that I can't even get to the next spot of selective. If it's on the selective, I'm just lucky to get in. But I think your, your point is well taken. I just don't know if that could happen very well without first, you know, with there not being some improvement in the supply versus demand imbalance that's out there. But I think it's a fascinating point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was trying to make an appointment just recently for myself, and there were appointments available in spring 2024, and I got one in this coming month with a physician who would not have been the first pick. But when you're looking at that time difference, it's like to the rate at which you're seeing 
um, how much sooner you can get in compared to holding out for perhaps, I think the doctor with the better credentials, in my opinion, you know, I made the choice to get in sooner. So it is interesting, Scott, I'm not sure if patients are feeling this as much as we are given how I think 10 years ago, it seems like there was so much conversation and press and attention paid to bedside manner, communication scores, HCAP scores. Um, and you just don't hear as much about that when it comes to people talking about their healthcare experiences, um, at least in my inner circle. So um, I, I, I don't know if that resonates with you, but it was something I've been thinking about a lot lately. No, 100%. And I think it just is a, is a real, real challenge. There's such a shortage that you're trying, it's a Maslow's hierarchy thing. You're trying to get to a doctor then you're hoping to get to the best doctor for something. And it's really challenging, particularly in certain communities. Molly, is always a pleasure to visit with you. Molly Gamble and I just finished an article for 2024, 12 trends and issues to watch for 2024. So it's always great to co-author stuff with Molly as well. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, Molly. Thank you very, very much. Thanks so much, Scott. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.